Hello everyone, this is Donovan LaCroxy. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Hip Hop R&B. Let's talk what's going on in the community. And debuting over the phone with me, I've got actor Kelly Perrine. How you doing? Yeah, what's up everybody? Hello, um, all of you uh, quarantined, trying to stay safe, uh, trying to figure out what's going on in these crazy times. Thank you so much, Donovan, for, uh, for having me on. Well, you are an actor and you are debuting on this podcast. Do you want to tell the listeners who you are in case they don't know uh, who you are? Yeah, they, they, probably, they, they probably have seen me, because uh, like I, you know, say, I call myself a that guy. Mm. Um, a lot of people might know me from the Drew Carey Show. I used to play Chuck, the security guard on the Drew Carey Show for a number of years. Um, also did a show called uh, Between Brothers with myself, Kadeem Hardison, Tommy Davidson, Dondre Whitfield, uh, and that was on Fox. Uh, years ago, we came on right after uh, Living Single, so we were kind of the, the male version of, uh, of Living Single, so I did Between Brothers for a number of years. Then I did a show called um, One on One, where I played Dwayne Odell Knox, since it was me and, and Flex Alexander and Tyler Pratt, and I did that for about four seasons. Uh, then I just got off of a show on Nickelodeon called Night Squad that I did for two seasons. Um, but, you know, I've done everything from you know, Seinfeld, ER, Mad About You, Living Single, um, all sorts of stuff. Like I said, I call myself a that guy because if you saw me, you'd be like, wait, wait a sec, that's, that's, that's that guy from, from the one thing that we did. The, wait a sec, what was the show? That, that's him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, couldn't quite put a name to a face, but uh, but yeah, if you look me up, you're like, oh, that guy. Yes, that guy. But you've got so much acting experience. And I'm surprised. You know what? People would probably say, where are they now? The actors, where are they now? I'm surprised your face hasn't come up because people might make the assumption, well, I haven't seen you since one-on-one. -on -one. What are you doing? What do you say to that? Well, but I mean, well, I, I say I've, you, I've been around. Like I said, I just got through doing a show on Nickelodeon. So, so if you don't have kids, um, you, you know, and you're not watching a lot of, uh, you know, kids fair, you know, you know, putting your, you know, six, seven, eight year old in front of the television because you, because they're driving you nuts, then <laughs> you might not have, you know, seen me that much, you know, recently because I'm on, I'm doing a lot of kids fair, a lot of stuff for Disney, uh, that show for Nickelodeon. I'm also writing and producing and directing. I'm also creating some of my own projects, so I'm doing some more stuff, you know, behind the scenes, but, uh, but, I, but I, have, I haven't gone anywhere, um, you know, this industry, acting and producing and writing is, is everything I do, it's not like I, uh, I went away to open up a bed and breakfast <laughs> for 10 years and now I'm back, you know, I've, I've been right here in Hollywood, man, in the trenches, <laughs> but so you like hey, this I've been right here. But you like being behind the scenes. Do you like being behind the scenes more, or do you like being in front of the camera where it's looking at you or you're looking at it? Well, you know what? Being in front of the camera has always been my love. I've always, you know, I grew up, um, and I've been on the stage since I was four. Uh, I grew up in uh, Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania. My dad was a, was a professor, was a teacher at Penn State. And he did a lot of community theater. So by the time I was four or five, I was on stage with him, you know, doing community theater, uh, that type of stuff. And so I've been in the performing headspace for, you know, you know, four decades, four plus uh, decades. And I've been very blessed, knock on wood, that I've had a good, you know, in front of the camera uh, career. And more, more stuff is 
to come. The, the good thing that's about, you know, writing and, and, and directing and producing, it's, uh, you, you can kind of create your own ticket. Um, you don't need anybody to, you know, to sign off on you sitting down and writing a script. You don't need to be picked uh, for like an audition, you know, to write your own stuff or to say, I'm going to shoot this on, you know, on, out of my pocket and, and get all the talented people that I know. So what it does, it kind of complements the acting where a lot of times that's you kind of beholden to somebody else saying yes. It's a perfect other side of the coin compliment where you really don't have to wait for anybody to validate you. And so that's a lot of times what I think drives a lot of people crazy in Hollywood is that, you know, they feel very helpless. And I think the writing and the producing and all that stuff gives you a, a greater sense of being able to control your own destiny. Now, you said earlier you are writing your own little projects. And I see on your Instagram you are posting up a lot of banners. Do you want to talk about your upcoming project that you are working on? You touched on it a bit. Well, yeah. You, so, so, obviously, the, the pandemic kind of has, you know, kind of taken hold of all of us. And it's kind of put... A number of our projects on hold. It's it's it has you know people's jobs going different places. It has their kids sitting home with them, and so we're all trying to uh, adapt to a, you know a once in a hundred year uh, situation. And so, as an artist, you kind of have to ask yourself, okay, what do I do? What can I do when I'm sitting home? Uh, you know, only going out two or three times a day to get uh, two or three times a week to get you know, groceries, you know, or, or whatever. Um, so I said to myself, let me go ahead and start to talk about the the, the situation. And so what I kind of created uh, via my Instagram, uh, which is uh, my name at Kelly Perrine, K-E-L-L-Y-P-E-R-I-N-E. And on uh, Facebook is I've, for the past 101 days, done a daily journal uh, I call it a banner. What I'll do is I have a, you have a fantastic graphic designer named Aaliyah Colbert, and we mock up banners that, that say something. I think tomorrow we're going to say something about Roger Stone. Mm -hmm. uh, we talk about the coronavirus. We talk about political topics. Uh, and so every day I have a banner, and then I do a rant about what's going on in the world, my take on politics, my take on, um, you know, human interest stories, my take on the culture, my take on race, my take on sex, my take on religion. And so over the past 110 days, I have, you know, a diary, a journal, a time capsule of my interaction with, you know, being quarantined for the past three months. So we're turning that into a, uh, into a book, a coffee table book, and we're also turning that into a television show, much like Sex in the City. Um, had it started off with Terry Bradshaw talking about a topic, and then the episode spun off into that. So my Kelly Perrine banner project is going to be kind of like that. Every episode I start with a topic on my banner, and the episode unfolds from there. Ooh, so what's your favorite? Do you like to poke at? You like to poke more at religion? Do you like to more poke at Trump, or do you like to poke at? And like I said, the coronavirus is serious, but they're a little things you can poke at it well well, you, you, well i'll talk i i like it all <laughs> I, whatever's topical well i do i lean left go figure that a hollywood hollywood liberal um so i do i do lean left in terms of my um 
take on Trump. But again, I'm, I'm, I'm from central Pennsylvania, so, so I have a number of conservative friends. I have some you know, conservative leanings about other things. So I try to keep it as, uh, you know, as balanced as I believe I can be, because I think some things are just pretty blatant out there in the open and really sometimes can't understand how, you know, things have gotten so off the rails. But that's that's neither here. So I talk about Trump sometimes. I do poke some fun at religion. And again, I'm not, you know, I'm not in church uh, every Sunday uh, or, or any Sunday. <laughs> to be, to be completely, I'm mean, Jesus. Watch, we watch football on Sunday. That's where we are. Um, and I'm down with, with G-O-D. Like I said, we watch football on Sundays and on Mondays, Monday nights together. And so if people want to go hang out with them in the church and do that, that it, it doesn't hurt me. But sometimes I do like to, you know, pick fun at some of the hypocrisy I see within organized religion. Um, you know what, if, if it comes to my mind, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I, I really, you know, don't really have that many filters. So if I believe it, I'll say it. And um, if it's something that I, you know, need to study and look up, I'm, I, I, I do my homework. So I'm not trying to come at you with half-baked conspiracy theories or, um, you know, straight opinions that aren't based on any type of fact. I, uh, you know, I like to do my homework. I like to uh, understand a couple of sides of the, each position before I, you know, go ahead and, and take a stand. But I'm, but I'm, again, I, I say I'm, I'm, I'm not married, so I don't have anybody I have to lie to. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna say what I want to say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Do you poke fun at, you know, skits about marriage or what do you call skits about, even though you're not married, right? Do you poke fun at divorce or poke fun at those? Look, I, I, if, again, if it's if it's if it's in the headlines or if it's topical, I will I will talk about it. I I don't have anything against marriage. I think it's a fine institution. I know a lot of people that have some real solid marriages. I know some people that that have gotten into some into some bullish <laughs> and are having some problems, some some troubles getting out. And I can't lie to you, you know, and I love kids. I don't have any. And right now during this pandemic, I'm glad because I know a lot of friends who have kids and those little those little uh, scoundrels are driving them crazy <laughs> like if i have to look at this little uh, you know again i'm gonna I'm go crazy i'm ready to risk covid to get him out the house so uh <laughs> but the thing is the thing I, I i do i poke fun at covid some one thing i said about covid and coronavirus is uh it's 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 hurting us out there it's hurting us it's taking us down but it's lazy it's, it's, it's really lazy. I said, if you wanted to try to create a supervillain, and your supervillain could be, you know, beaten by a 20-minute hand wash and a bandana, <laughs> you know, Marvel would be like, what? <laughs> you don't kill it by a, you know, a kryptonite or a radioactive material that flew from time and space to come here on Earth? You kill it with a bar of ivory soap? Are you kidding me? I mean... So we can beat this thing. We just don't have the will to. Yeah. And so that's really what it is, man. Like, like I said, a mask, a bar of soap, and 20 seconds can kill this? Yeah, and a mask. And yeah, you're and right. And it's whipping our ass like this? Ah. <laughs> it's un- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. It's, a, it's unfortunate. But the unfortunate part is that, you know, it's hitting America hard because we're obstinate. Mm-hmm. Americans are obstinate, and we we don't want to be told what to. Don't tell me to wear a mask. Well, this virus is going to whip 
whip up on you. Yeah. But don't, you, you can't tell me where. You can't tell me not to have a gun. You can't tell me. You can't govern me. You can't tell me. So I mean, you know, masks are political. There's no reason why a mask should be political. Yeah. But it, but it is. We we're so polarized that you know anything we do is you know becomes you know politicized, and, it, and it's unfortunate because people are people are dying because. To wear a mask in the United States is to uh, is to be against Trump, and it's just so ridiculous um, the spiral we've spun down into. Where do you see the culture of acting going after the pandemic? Do you think actors will kind of be afraid? I mean, I know there'll always be jobs in the arts, but what do you think will happen after the pandemic's done with the acting world? Well, you know, I think, I think, I think the, the acting world is going to be hit just like like everybody else. The, the, you know, a lot of the scenes that we do, you know, are big crowd scenes, restaurant scenes, you know, intimate scenes. There's kissing, there's uh, hugging, there's all sorts of that. I think in the near future, uh, just, just the way things are written will change. There'll be a lot fewer of those crowd scenes there'll be a, there'll be fewer locations more stuff will be shot on on sound stages as opposed to in people's homes and on location so in the near future it's going to be it's going to be that type of thing i think again the casts are going to be smaller because you're going to have to quarantine people um and so you can't you know a lot of these you know 12 13 14 people ensembles are, are going to go away for a little while until there's testing until there's a vaccine until you know, people can, you know, walk onto a set and know they're safe, just like when people can go to a stadium and, and watch a game, or people can go to a restaurant and have it 100% mm-hmm. at, at capacity. And the unfortunate thing I think about, you know, well, all industries are taking a hit. Hollywood's not going to be uh, any different, because these studios are, are not going to, you know, get insurance. They're not going to get funded if... You know, because if somebody, a major star, catches catches it and doesn't do well or spreads it, they're you know Warner Brothers, Disney, uh, Hulu, Netflix, they're gonna get sued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, until there's testing and a vaccine, um, it's it's uh, you know you'll be binge watching a lot of the same shit. But a lot. A lot of these movies on all series, too, are put on hold, and then the longer you keep them on hold, they're supposed to be released. That costs money, and money that they don't have to keep pushing back the dates and pushing back the dates, as they were supposed to be in theaters, and they just keep pushing back the dates and pushing back the dates. Even certain TV projects they want to work on, they can't work on right now. Yeah, everybody, you know, everybody is, is, is having to adapt. But, but I always say, um, this is not the first time in human existence that, you know, that people have, have had to adapt to adversity. Um, there's been wars, there's been famine, there's been genocide. Um, all of these things are, are not new to the human existence. In 2020, this is what we have to deal with. This is our war, this is our you know, famine, pestilence, genocide, whatever it is. This is, this is our time to have to deal with, with, with adversity. And, you know, just like the Spanish flu 100 years ago, we're going to come out of it somehow. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody's going to survive it. We're in this together. 
<laughs> you know, somebody, somebody survived the, uh, you know, uh, uh, zombie apocalypse. Somebody will try to kill the zombies. <laughs> you know, somebody's going to try to figure it out. Yeah, and there was the bionic plague, too. There was the bionic plague. that happened. That's still happening today, but it's on and off, and they have a cure for that. Well, yeah, so, 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 uh, so yes. Um, and again, you know, people don't like change. People don't like to be tested. Um, again, I think that if, you know, if we, you know, these, a lot of numbers are spiking back up and a lot of people don't like it, but we have to swallow the horse pill that is, you know, not necessarily either shutting down or just acting right for like two goddamn months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, 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 you know, things are, are, are not as they were. So let's adapt. Let's, let's put the masks on. Let's stay inside a little more. Let's social distance. And, and we can get to the other side of it quicker. But the more obstinate we're going to be, the longer it's going to take. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, I'm in Hollywood. It's like a movie. Every movie begins with a scientist, you know, saying this is what should happen. And there's people poo-pooing it. And the general's going, you don't know what you're talking about. Then by the end of it, they're like, we should listen to you. We should listen to you in the beginning. Because the meteor's coming and we were, we're not ready. So let's just be smart, man. Like I said, it, it, it's, it's a bar of soap, it's 20 seconds, and a bandana. If we can't do that, then God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I know, eh? And so now to the from the coronavirus to Black Lives Matter, what's your opinion on that? Um, you, you know, it, 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 I, will, I will say this. It's, um, it's not that it's fortunate it's the wrong way to phrase it, but I'll kind of do it the other way that the, that the corona, you know, virus hit. But the combination of the coronavirus, you know, coming to town and it disproportionately affecting black people and the coronavirus shutting everybody down and, and uh, keeping everybody inside and shutting down sports and people couldn't go to work, um, you know, so all of those factors were in place and people were home watching whatever, and then George Floyd hits. If people had football games to watch and, you know, work to go to and other things that could divert their attention, everything that's going on now I don't think would be, would be going on because people's attention gets diverted, you know, very quickly. And the combination of, you know, Breonna Taylor and the pandemic and it disproportionately, you know, killing us and you know, Aubrey in, in Georgia, you know, people said, God damn, enough, enough. Take these statues down. Stop killing us. We matter. And, you know, uh, you, Canada and United States, United States' original sin has been slavery. And um, race continues to bubble up. Uh, every number of years because it's a cancer that we don't want to take chemo for. We just want to put a Band-Aid on. Mm-hmm. And now well, there's going to be some treatment coming. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be some uncomfortable uh, conversations. Uh, people are going to be, again, afraid of change or afraid of letting somebody else at the table. But, uh, but I, again, believe that the pie is big enough and the pie is ever-expanding. And so all of those that are holding on to their, their heritage and their culture and their power and their privilege, that's not going anywhere. No. You'll still have a lot of that. You'll still have it. But this space, the buffet has enough food for all of us. 
Stop hoarding it. <laughs> Stop hoarding it. And what do you want to say to people? Like they say, for example, well, Kelly, don't all lives matter? Because we're seeing this new trend now. Black lives matter now. All lives matter, people. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's not a question of either or. It's a question of focus. No one's saying all lives don't matter. We're saying right now we're focusing on the problems of these lives because these lives have been uh, disenfranchised and these lives haven't mattered. Uh, so we understand what you're saying. You know, it's funny. To, but those same people, I'm sure if you said, well, I'm, how about if I said blue lives matter? Oh, they'd be fine with that. How about if you say all lives matter? Oh, they'd be fine with that. Oh, so if I say black lives matter, the thing that's different about it is the word black. You're fine with blue lives matter. You're fine with all lives matter. It's, so, again, the whole systemic belief that people have to stay in their place and by you asking to have a seat at the table and even have your lives mattered is controversial. How is this controversial? Black lives matter. Yes, female lives matter. If, if, if there was a string of videos of women you know, being killed and they wanted to protest and say, say female lives matter, anyone who jumped out there and go, nope, nope, don't say female lives matter, you got to say all lives matter. I'd be like, shut up, man. <laughs> We're talking about this now. Yeah. Get get out of the way. Let them. You know. We're not talking that your life doesn't matter. Right now, it's about focusing on bringing this group up. <laughs> and they know that, and people know that. But again, they're afraid that their the privilege um, that having their lives matter more is, is going to go away, and so they think that's going to take something away from them. And it, and, it, and it's and it's unfortunate. <laughs> it is it is unfortunate. And again. There's going to be there's going to be some struggles, yeah. but uh, the arc of justice, you know, it takes time, but it usually curves towards towards justice. Yeah. So, what are your what's your message for the black men and black women in the acting world right now? Let's say they are dealing with racial injustices. Well, well look, I, I think the. We're dealing with racial injustices as, you know, as people of color, black people, people of color, uh, Hispanics, uh, you know, uh, you talk to someone who's Asian and I'm sure they feel underrepresented. And I get that. Um, my suggestion has been what it's always been in terms of whenever you talk to, you know, a black parent talks to their child about having to be, you know, that much better, you know, that much more disciplined. Um, that much more focused, uh, because there's not as many roles written for us. There's not as many executives greenlighting our projects. There's not as many people that believe a black lead or a female lead can carry a movie. There's just not that many people that believe that. So we have to both change the paradigm by creating our own shit and not asking them, you know, to give it to us, while at the same time demanding that they give it to us. It, 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 it's twofold. Um, and I think, again, you better be good. If you're, if you're trying to be an artist, you better be, I know a number of people that come to Hollywood, not just black, not just what, and they, they studied for a minute, and all of a sudden they think they're a professional actor. Or they, they wrote, you know, a good poem in high school, and all of a sudden they're a writer. 
You know, they think they've seen all of, you know, Spielberg stuff, and now they think they're a director. No, study your craft. Become a good writer. Become a good... If you're an artist, become amazing at your craft. Then come here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're not amazing in your craft now, become... Take yourself out. Stop acting like you deserve it and become better. Yeah, yeah. Like you. Well, I mean, like you said, you know, I... Uh, you know, I studied, I studied, I got a, a film studies degree uh, from a place called Pomona College in, in Claremont, California, and I was there until about 22, and then from there I got a master's in drama and acting from a place called University of California, Irvine, so I, you know, I came to Hollywood when I was 25. Mm-hmm. I started after, after I trained, mm-hmm. you know, but that's no different than a lawyer starting after they, you know, went to law school or a doctor starting after they went to medical school. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried to get myself good at my trade. Right, right. And um, the crazy thing about our, our industry, my industry, is that you don't need credentials in order to call yourself a professional, but if you want to have any sort of longevity, you better, you better get good, no matter how or what that takes in your mind. It could, it could be academia, it could be a million and one acting classes, it could take being rejected, a thousand times until you get good. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but but mediocrity is going to get found out. <laughs> and what is your advice to those actors that are comfortable in medi- mediocrity, or they're comfortable in taking certain roles where I just can't get any other roles, so I'm just going to play the jockey all the time, or I'm just going to play the thug all the time. Well, see, that's why that's why you write your own shit. That's why you create your own stuff. <laughs> Again, you, everybody who says they can't do that has a computer. Write something. Write a short film. Write something where you show yourself in a different light. Write something that you can take to festivals where you play um, an intellectual as opposed to a gangbanger. Create, create, create your own shit. Mm-hmm. Again, create your own ish. It, 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 these are, you'll hear that if you talk to me for long enough, you'll hear the same through lines over and over and over again. It's, it's, it's really not rocket science. I don't, I don't see this as, you know, here are the mysteries to Hollywood that I found. No, they, you know, I've, I've known this for a long time. Hard work is the best kept secret in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. But it's probably changed a lot. Like, you got to be harder working back in your days. I think it was hard too, but now it's probably, do you think it's more harder now to become an actor? Let's say if I wanted to become an actor, do you think it's more harder now or easier with so much available now? Well, you see, again, it's, it's different. It, it's really, you know, when I started, what, 25 years ago, uh, there were only so many networks, you know, and there were some coming up, like UPN was coming up, and my network, and so they were trying to sprout up, so they were trying to get us more, more rep- you know, representation, more platforms by which, you know, we could get seen, and that was, and, and, and that was fantastic, but, but then again, you know, they can say, well, that's like when the NBA only had eight teams, you had to be that, you had to be great, great, in order to get on to that, but... With the expansion of the NBA, you know, some teams aren't as good, but, you know, but more people have access to the product. So, is it easier? It's easier in that there are more platforms. You know, again, you can shoot your own stuff. You know, everybody has access to, um, you know, a writing program if they want to write a script. There's how many books now written about, you know, the industry. So, it's, it's easier in that. But it's just as hard in that you have to, 
you have to you have to become you have to come become good, and you have to let the nose roll off, you know, your back. I'm sure that in every generation, the people are, you know, going. Oh, back in my day, it was it was this, this, and this, and I and I walked the old. You know, every generation, you know, I would say there's a song you know, from the from the show Bye Bye Birdie. You know, it, that was written in the 50s, 1950s, and, and the song is Kids. Kids, I don't know what's wrong with these kids today. Kids, they don't understand. So you think parents now aren't saying, what's wrong with these damn kids on the computers and the texting? and the, Every generation feels that shit. <laughs> every generation feels whatever they feel about the generation before that's easier or that is harder or that they wish they would have done that. If only, if only bullshit. <laughs> Again, this is where you are now. Uh, nostalgia for what used to be, or you, it would have been easier for you back then, is going to get you, you know, huge therapy bills. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what do you have to say to your fans today? What do you want to tell them? Well, you know, I just, I just, uh, you know, want to say thank you for listening. Uh, you know, uh, any opportunity I have to give folks a, a deeper understanding of of who that guy. And who this guy is, uh, you know, I appreciate that. And and again, if there's any takeaway, um, the takeaway is that you know, I love what I do, and I love my industry, and I love my profession, and this is what I chose. And and if there's anything that they should know, that with when they watch me or see me or they see my project, they will know and can know or should know that I I put my heart and soul into it. That I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to give them, like I said, a mediocre performance or or a half-ass take. Or uh, I'm not trying to phone it in. I'm, you know, whatever I have my name involved in. No, I'm. I'm going to do my best to to bring them some quality. You definitely and and, yeah, and, and if they if they attack their career in whatever they do that way, they they're they're going to be all right. The, the, again, the pie is ever expanding. And if you just stay at it, do your work, put in your time, you will find a slice. Mm-hmm. And you definitely put your heart and soul into what you do. You definitely put your hard work in it, is what I'm well, saying. Well, again, like I said, I could, I, could have, I could have chosen anything, and this is what I chose. Mm-hmm. This wasn't a fallback plan. This wasn't my parents wanted me to do this, so I had to do it. I mean, no, some of that shit is like, this is what I chose, so I put my time and effort into getting as good as I could get. You know, you know, I'm not Michael Jordan, but shit, I'm on the team. I'm, I'm one of the, you know, I'm on the bench. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm, <laughs> you know, so yeah, there's, 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 there's space for us. <laughs> but if you weren't an actor, what would you be doing if you were not an actor or not in the TV industry? You know what? It's, I, I love, I love coaching. So I'd probably some sort of, uh, you know, football coach, you know, uh, soccer coach. Well, I mean, when you grow up in, in state college, that's, you know, that's Penn State football territory. And we don't need to get into this, some of the some of the things, the scandals for that. But, um, <laughs> but uh, you know, football and coaching, try, trying to shape people to become, you know, better. Um, a motiv- I, you know, not necessarily a motivational speaker per se, but uh, like a coach. I'd be like a, te- like a teacher. My parents were, so my dad was a professor and um, was a teacher and was a shaper of, of, of minds and was around folks who were intellectually curious. Mm. And, 
and uh, I, you know, I love the academic setting. I'd be a professor or a, a coach or a teacher of some sort. Um, I'm sure. Mm. And, and hopefully, I try to do a little, a little of that, of that now. That uh, I enjoy, you know, motivating and, and talking to folks and letting them know that you know, you can do it. This, none of these philosophies are I came up with per se. I'm just utilizing them. You know, you can be a motivational speaker. You can be like Joel Osteen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Uh, I'm trying to get my next TV show first. You know what I'm saying? But I need a little bit of cash first. You know what I'm saying? So your fans want to know, right? We, I, you and I were friends, right? Now, <laughs> since you're debuting on this podcast. They kind of want to know: Will there be a one-on-one reunion? You, you know, I don't know if there's going to be, uh, you know, us getting back together twenty years later. In this, the, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't sit here and, and, and tell you that that anybody has contacted me and said, Kelly, keep this under wraps. No one's really about creating new episodes. But hopefully, the shows that we did shoot you know, find a, a home again somewhere, and then they plan if we're, if we're going to be, you know, locked down for a little bit longer, let's try to find a place for, for one-on-one to, uh, you know, to be seen. But if they, if, they, if they come up, you know, with, you know, uh, after quarantine, we've got, you know, a, a COVID test, you want to come back and do some more episodes of one-on-one? I'd be like, yes. Uh, yes, let me get my mask and my ventilator and show me where to, where to show up, <laughs> you know, in case something else jumps off. Uh, I'm in. <laughs> but you know, 20 years ago, it wasn't like that when one-on-one started 20 years ago. Hey, look, I, I, I roll with the punches. I adapt. Yeah. You know, they're bringing back all these other shows. If they want to, if they want to bring us back, I will be happy to do it. You know, the reason why I was just asking, because I think a couple of months ago on Instagram, Kayla Pratt and Flex Alexander were kind of hinting something. That's why I was asking if there looks to be, because you're right, they are bringing a bunch of TV shows back. Some were successful, some weren't successful, and some blew it. Roseanne, not calling any names, but they blew it. <laughs> we'll see you again. Um, I was I was number what three or four uh, on the call sheet, so they so they get the calls before I do, <laughs> and then if they if they put a little tickle out there, all I'm gonna say is uh, whatever they said. I hope they're right. <laughs> I hope they're right, and I'm sure the people my age would love to see one on one get back together and find, like you said, an appropriate TV spot. I know it wouldn't work on the CW. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, who knows? But you know, but the thing about it was, it was, it was, it was, it, it was even now, even back then, it was you know, Flex was playing you know a, a strong you know responsible black father, yeah. handling his business, taking care of his, not being trifling, uh, not you know passing it back and forth. He had a great relationship with um, with with the mother, and so it was it was again uh, a strong black male handling his, which is actually the um, more the rule than is the exception. It's, un- it's unfortunate that, uh, you know, welfare bombs and that, it, it, it's unfortunate because the vast majority of, of all people, all ethnicities are, are trying to handle business as best they can. Mm-hmm. And it was a great representation of, you know, myself as, you know, 
I was, I was a goof up, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I didn't have no kids. <laughs> but um, it was uh, it was flex. Uh, it was sort of strong black male leads trying to do the right thing. Do you and, think? Uh, and we could use some more of that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, do you think it could be relatable? Let's say if it did come back, because some TV shows they bring it back, and then it just Murphy Brown, for example, they tried to bring it back, and it just wasn't relatable. Yeah, you know, I, I can't. I, I, I think I think would be relatable because I think because um, in real life, um, Kyla Pratt uh, is now she now has kids. She's a mother, and and and, and Flex has kids. I think who are now in, finishing up high school or in college. And so the multi-generational thing, I think, would be, you know, very relatable to folks who are out here trying to raise families, trying to, you know, find a job, trying to cope with all the things that life inevitably throws at you, you know? Yeah. So I think, I think, I think we'd find a following yet again, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Now, what may not come back and you don't think ever will come back is the Drew Carey show, in case there are <laughs> listeners that think, well, is there going to be a Drew Carey revamp? Well, you know what? I, look, again, that you talk about being way down on the call, the call sheet. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Drew will not return my call. <laughs> no, that's not that. <laughs> Drew, Drew is so generous and fantastic. I, I think he's doing the, the prices right, and I think he's doing really well on that. Uh, I think I think they found a price that was right for him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah. Got a, a nice cush job, but but uh, but I, it, the cast and the you know some of the crew members get together, you know, once a year and, and it's great to see everybody. And but everybody's gone on to do, you know, to do to do really, really well. And so um yeah, I I, I, I wish them all nothing but, but success. And if Drew gives a call and, you know, says let's go i'm there i don't think the listeners and just in case people want to know drew carey you as you know is on the price is right and drew carey had his tv show back in the mid 90s i think it was on for eight seasons and then i don't think drew would want to go back to it and if he did i think he just he doesn't strike me as a type to say oh let's go do this show again nah i think he's comfortable with his price is right yeah, I think I think he's doing all right. I, I think he, I think I think he, I think he has a, a great life. He's, you know, he's a big sports fan. I think he uh, part owner of a couple of sports franchises, and he's a big supporter of uh, U.S. soccer. And so, yeah, he's he's got a he's got a he's got a nice he's got a nice thing going on. And, and so. any actors you would like to work with that you have not worked with in your twenty five years of acting? Oh yeah, look, I, I'd love to work with you know. Um, you know Denzel. I'd love to work with uh, with a Kerry Washington. Um, I you know I'd love to work with um, who's it on uh, How to Get Away with Murder? Uh, oh, Viola. Viola. I, I'd love to work with you know with Viola. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, again, I'd love to have my own my own sitcom and me and uh, uh, me and Kevin. Me and Kevin Hart need to play brothers. <laughs> well, that could be. I, I think I think I'm an inch tall. I think I'm the only. He's the only actor in, in Hollywood. I'm. I'm. A, I think I got him. You know, I'm wearing my. You know, my my heels. I think I got him up by an inch. So, um, I'm not sure. But the bank account. Oh, he got me by a mile. So it works. It works out. I'd love to work with Kev, uh, The Rock, um, Halle Berry. So I mean, there's, there's a number of people. There's a number. Uh, 
Well, where were you with the real husbands of Hollywood? Why did they put a call to you? I could have seen you I, in it. I've, I've, never, I've never been married. I, I, I know nothing about um, no, changing, I know you're not changing married, diapers or doing any of that. I, I know nothing about that. No, I know, but you could have been one of the boys, you know what I'm saying? They could have did a storyline on you, singlehood, and just enjoyed your life. You know, it doesn't have to be. I mean, I don't think most of them were all divorced. Oh, well, allegedly. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, well, may, may, maybe on the next go-round. Maybe, maybe on the next go-round. You know, the, the beauty is, I, I, again, I've had a very satisfying career thus far, and I know the best is yet to come for me. And so, uh, again, I, I, I'm not spiteful about about anything. I'm, I've, I've been put exactly in, in the position I'm supposed to be in. And uh, the next few years are going to be fantastic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Any other messages you would like to tell your fans in closing? No, just, I mean, keep watching again. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being a fan. If you do consider yourself a fan, I, 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 I appreciate it. I'm, I'm humbled because, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a kid from central Pennsylvania. I didn't necessarily grow up with Hollywood aspirations, but, uh, but they kind of, they came to me, I'm here, and so, um, if, if I can do it from the middle of, you know, Powell Country, Pennsylvania, uh, then anybody out there who can hear me, if they have a dream and want to work hard enough, can can succeed. Mm-hmm. And listeners, let's keep our fingers crossed that there will be eventually a one-on-one <laughs> reunion. Next year will be 20 years that started, but they have to reach out to him so we can't just I'm, I'm, I'm ready to do it let's put it out there let's, everybody who's out there put out a good uh, a good thought that that uh, that you're going to see me on something uh in a regular capacity here soon enough and you're not going to see him again just to clarify he's been on a number of tv shows so um, i know older listeners probably around my age older or a little younger <laughs> two years saying i haven't seen him on anything in years this is all new to me well you need to go check out kelly perrine and you throw out your platforms again uh so uh the tw- uh, twitter is uh the kelly perrine four seven and my name is k-e-l-l-y-p-e-r-i-n-e four seven on twitter instagram's just my name uh you know, kelly perrine um i think my myspace is still working i'll check it um <laughs> is it Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't even been on that thing in 14 years. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting on TikTok. Uh, okay. you, I'll come back as, as I get more social media savvy, D. Uh, I'm going to come back and uh, hit you with, you know, my, my handles, my tags. I, uh, I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> I'm on Instagram, but I'm not on yeah. TikTok. I'm not nah, on TikTok. Man, I'll tell you what, like I said, I'm, I'm old school, man. I still have a landline. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I think I'm still paying five bucks a month for this pager. Are you calling me up right now, So, uh, yeah. So, it's so we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to get better. So, it's Instagram, Kelly Perrine, right? On Instagram. and On, on Instagram. And uh, Kelly Perrine 47. Kelly Perrine 47 on Twitter. Okay. And it's the, it's the brother, Kelly, not the white girl, Kelly. Just to make sure. Yeah, me. <laughs> because, yo, know, there are some listeners that don't believe a brother can be named Kelly. <laughs> yeah, the yellow one. Yeah, it's not the white girl with a kitten. Uh-huh. It's, it's me, it's the brother with a banner. 
So, um, just know which one to click on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a joy to get to know you and debuting on this podcast. I really have to thank you. Hey, well, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be able to do it. And, uh, again, I'm glad you're calling this uh, the debut, because this is where I'm going to always come back to when I got something, uh, something to share, if that's all right. Did you hear, listeners? So he's a friend of our show. And this is the second actor we've had on our podcast, and it might be open to very many more actors on this podcast, because it is Let's Talk Hip Hop, R&B, actors, actresses, and what's going on in the community. And I really want to thank Mr. Kelly Perrine. Hey, thank you, everybody. You guys, you stay safe out there. Um, wear your mask. It's, it's, it's going to be all right. We're going to get through this together. All right, and that is it for episode 26, published July 10th, 2020. If you feel if you feel you want to reach me, I'm Donovan LaCroxy, D-O-N-O-V-A-N, period, L-A-C-R-O-X-I at Gmail, or you can find me on Instagram on Donovan LaCroxy or D-L-A-C-R-O-X-I. I want to thank Mr. Kelly Perrine again, and that is it. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody.